Hello everyone. This is the 17th episode of Bible Beyond, and today we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 4, verses 29 through 37. It says, At the end of twelve months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as royal residence for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride he is able to humble. This is definitely one of the stranger stories uh, in the Bible. In this chapter, Daniel chapter 4, we get this kind of graphic description of this process that King Nebuchadnezzar goes through. But as I've mentioned throughout uh, the study of the book of Daniel, I've really come to like King Nebuchadnezzar. I think though he is very flawed and he may be considered the antagonist of the story, that leaves a lot of room for character growth, I suppose, and God does a lot in his life. There's a lot that we get to see, and today we're going to see this process that he goes through where he's proud, he has this crazy experience, and then he's humbled. All of this and more on Bible Beyond. So just to give a little bit of background information for uh, the story that we're looking at today, uh, earlier in the chapter, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And in this dream, there's a huge tree. It's a great tree. It's a wonderful, luscious tree. And then a messenger from heaven comes down and commands for the tree to be chopped down. 
then Daniel comes to King Nebuchadnezzar uh, because King Nebuchadnezzar, he wants the dream to be interpreted. And Daniel warns him to repent. He says, you are the person in this dream, right? He, he, he says that you are the tree. And if you don't repent, then you are actually going to be taken down just like the tree. This is the, uh, the dream that's being referenced. And this may sound a lot like chapter 2 in the way that King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He wants to know what the dream is. King Nebuchadnezzar, and, and then, not King Nebuchadnezzar, but Daniel interprets the dream. But this time, when King Nebuchadnezzar gets the interpretation, he has a much different reaction. See, in chapter 2, when King Nebuchadnezzar learns about what the dream means, it changes him for the better, and he understands God in a way that he didn't before. But let's take a look at his reaction when he uh, hears the interpretation of the dream in Daniel chapter 4. Uh, we can look at, let's see, it's verse 30. The king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? Right here, this is a very important part of the story because what King Nebuchadnezzar is doing is he's uh, on the roof of the palace. He's looking over over the kingdom, the kingdom of Babylon, which at this time is the mightiest kingdom in all of the earth. And he's the king of it. And then he says, basically what he says is that all of this I have built. I've done it. I've done it for my glory and my majesty. And this is kind of the trap that King Nebuchadnezzar falls into. He falls into this way of thinking that ignores God. And just like King Nebuchadnezzar, this is something that we can very easily do also. We can also forget about God and account everything in our lives to us. In fact, I was, um, I've been doing this yearly Bible plan where you take passages from the Old and the New Testament and you read them, uh, a, a couple of them each day until, you know, throughout the year, eventually you've read the entire Bible. And recently, um, I actually found a, a verse, it's Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12, and in this, God is warning Israel not to forget about him. He's warning Israel, don't forget about the great things I did for you. Now, why do I mention this? I mention this because this comes up a lot in the Old Testament. It was actually just kind of coincidental that I found in my Bible reading plan, but I do want to read it to you. This is Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. It says, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things, that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. What God is saying here, what he's warning the Israelites, is not to forget what he's done for them in the past. He doesn't want 
them to forget that the good things that they have in their life, they were brought to them by God. Now, you may find the distinction that in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar says, I made this kingdom. I did it for my majesty. And in Deuteronomy 6, God is warning uh, the Israelites not to forget him because he... God was the one who brought those good things into their lives. See, I guess the difference can be summarized like this. King Nebuchadnezzar, what he's, what he's saying is that he's the one who brought up this great and mighty kingdom of Babylon. God is saying in Deuteronomy 6 that he's the one who gave the Israelites those great things that they have. But in reality, if you just give it a little bit of thought... God, as he usually is, is correct. King Nebuchadnezzar, what he doesn't quite understand is that, yes, he may very well have, you know, built up this kingdom. He may very well have, uh, you know, brought it riches and glory uh, for the sake of his majesty. He may have done that, but how did he do that? Did he do that uh, with any skill that he had? Did he do that with any sort of, you know, skill or ability because whatever it is that allowed him to do that, God gave him when he formed King Nebuchadnezzar in his mother's womb. So really, yes, King Nebuchadnezzar, maybe he totally did have these great, amazing abilities that allowed him to build this incredible empire. But at the start of that, the foundation of that kingdom ultimately is God. God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar to do that. And this is what King Nebuchadnezzar forgets. He accredits the success of the kingdom to him and not to God. This is what he's doing on the rooftop, and I love how it says, uh, verse 31, while these words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will. Now, this is a very strange punishment. Uh, he gets these long nails, this long hair. He goes and he eats grass like an ox. For seven years. That probably is one of the strangest punishments in the Bible. But the thing is that the purpose of this punishment, the purpose of what God's doing, isn't necessarily to cause him as much pain as possible. If God just wanted to, you know, end King Nebuchadnezzar's life on the spot, he could have struck him with lightning, uh, you know, and have been done with it. But instead, God has this very strange process happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. And the reason why this happens, maybe the reason why it's so strange uh, and, and foreign, is because God's not trying to cause him as much pain as possible. What he's trying to do is humble him. See, maybe, again, one of the weird things that happens to him is that your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. 
And this wasn't included in the reading, but if we go back to Daniel chapter 4, same chapter, but verse 16, it kind of clarifies this a little bit. It says, let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. The reason why King Nebuchadnezzar goes out and eats grass like an ox, the reason why he's living among the beasts, is because God has basically taken away his sanity. He's taken away his intelligence and his humanity, everything that makes him human, he's taken away to the point where he's acting just like another one of the animals. And by doing this, well, what's God doing? What he's doing is proving that he sustains, that he's the founder of King Nebuchadnezzar. He's the reason why King Nebuchadnezzar has his intelligence and God can take that away just as easily as he gave it. That's what God proves. That's the reason for such a strange uh, thing that God does. Now, how does this change King Nebuchadnezzar? I think it's really fascinating because he uh, praises the Most High. And in his little song, what he says, For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? What's really interesting about this is that when King Nebuchadnezzar is on the rooftop, he's looking over his kingdom, and he talks about how this is his kingdom. He built it with his power as a royal residence for his glory and his majesty. That's where the focus is. The focus is on King Nebuchadnezzar. But then after, you know, God has him go through this crazy process, you'll notice in this verse 35 where he's praising God, he never actually mentions himself. There is no I, there is no me, none of those, you know, re words referencing King Nebuchadnezzar are in this song that he sings to God. And that's the change that he goes through. He's been humbled. He's gone through this process, and now he's a completely different person. He's a completely different king, and he understands God in a way that he didn't before. Now, I really do believe that we should pay attention to this story. We should strive to understand it because we will eventually go through the same process that King Nebuchadnezzar does. I doubt any of us will ever eat grass like an ox or grow really long fingernails, uh, crazy long hair, anything like that. But we will go through the process in the sense that we will be humbled by God. Either we can simply realize it of our own free will, we can submit to God's greatness, we can you know, choose to live under him, or God will do it for us when Jesus returns. Philippians 2, 10-11 says, At the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You'll notice that it says every knee should bow. 
and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Nebuchadnezzar, when he's on the rooftop, he's disregarding God. He's not accounting what God has done, but the Bible makes it clear that eventually everyone will. So that's maybe kind of a very spiritual, maybe abstract reason for why we, we should be humbled. But I also think that there is a more practical reason. See, God, you know, we know from the Bible that he's all powerful, that anything is, imposs- is possible with him. We know of his greatness. We know what he can do. Just in this very chapter, he, he had this, you know, strange uh, and seemingly impossible process happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. He speaks from the heavens. That's not really possible. You don't think of that as something that can happen And yet that's God. And that's the God who we know exists. Now, let me ask you this. What if we lived as if God didn't exist? Or at least as if he didn't really impact our lives? See, that's basically what King Nebuchadnezzar is doing when he's he's being proud. Is he's not accounting for God and what he's done. And what if we did the same? Let me put it another way. What if we decided uh, that something very you know, important in our society, we decided that we were above it, we didn't need it, it wasn't important. What if we decided that red lights weren't important? What if we decided to completely disregard red lights? What if you know, we got into our cars and at every intersection, we completely ignored the light, Uh, We assumed we were above the law. We went right through the intersection. Very quickly, uh, we would get in an accident. People are probably going to be very hurt. People may die. And it's all because we decided to ignore the reality of red lights. That's really what the person uh, who's ignoring the red lights are doing, is they're ignoring something about reality. And when they do, it changes their lives for the worse. And in the same way, if we decide to ignore God, who, rest assured, is way more influential than the red light at the intersection, if we decide to ignore him, how does that change our lives? I think it significantly limits uh, the scope of the good decisions that we can make. It limits how we can live good lives. I think that we have to believe that God created the heavens and the earth. We have to believe, we have to understand that he's all-powerful. We have to understand that, as it says, with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We have to believe that God sacrificed his son, that he raised Jesus from the dead, and by doing so saved all of humanity. That's way more important than the red light. And just goes to show how important it is that we understand it. That we account for this great God and how he impacts our lives. If we don't, we're living like people who reject reality. But if we do, I think that that enables us to walk in wisdom. Because we understand reality in the way that it is. We can walk in love. Because we know what Jesus did. We know the love that God showed to us. 
We know that God is love. We have that in our lives. And of course, we walk in humbleness. And that's what King Nebuchadnezzar experiences. That's what he goes through. And I think that's the lesson for today. I'll close us in prayer. Dear God, thank you for this uh, Daniel chapter 4, for the story and what Daniel goes through. Please help us, you know, be able to understand uh, this process and why we should be humbled. But help us, you know, be able to do that. Help us to be able to submit in our lives to you. Help us be able to submit every decision and action under your will. We know that, you know, it's, it's not always easy. But we also know that you're a very powerful God. Clearly, you've done amazing things. And we know that you're with us now. So please be with us and humble us under your mighty hand. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the 17th episode of Bible Beyond. A huge thank you for my grandpa for creating the great music you're listening to right now. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more, check back with us on the first of every month, when we'll have a new episode up and ready. But until then, have a great day.